Welcome to Our Family Stories, the only podcast that shares stories about my awesome family. We have the Waits, the McKinleys, the Smolens, the Crofts, and the Clausens. And we have a few visitors here and there. I love you guys, and I hope you all enjoy this episode of Our Family Stories. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 5 here. This is going to be a recording about mom's high school memories. And we and we skipped around a little bit. There was a few childhood memories, there was a few adult memories. But I wanted, I let off with this song because it reminds me of mom, how she was raised really in the country. But to me, she's such a city girl. Um, and we talked a lot about, after this recording, we talked about you know, um, why she, why I, I asked her why I get that perspective of her being a city girl. And she thought it was because she didn't do a whole lot of chores around the house, around, um, the outside, the farm and all of her chores were based on the inside. And she felt like that was probably because grandma and grandpa Ison were very gender role oriented, meaning the girls did all the housework and grandpa did all the work outside and possibly if they had six sons instead of six daughters maybe all the boys would have been doing all the outside stuff leaving grandma to herself so who knows but on on this recording on minute 20 when we're talking about john f kennedy the, i lost the recording for a few minutes i didn't realize this till i was just putting this together and so that gets a little bit funny the transition sounds weird and the thing that she talked about during that is that they during that period of time they put a tv on top of the recorder on top of the record player and she was just mesmerized and watched it really non-stop so anyways thanks mom for taking the time to do this with me hope everybody enjoys it bye and we're good so where did you where did you go to high school Went to high school at Caldwell High, Caldwell, Idaho, home of the Cougars. Home of the Cougars. One of my classmates made a paper mache cougar because she was an artist and got it covered with resin and it was up on top of the school for years and years. Wow, that's cool. Talented gal. So um, when I was, when grandma and grandpa were there, the high school was right next to them. Is that where it used to be or was it located in a different place in Caldwell? That's the, quote, new high school. Okay. And what place I went, I think, is currently used for younger grades now. Now, when you were in, when you were going to school, did you, did you, uh, did you, like, bus to school, or did you drive, or did you bike? What was, what were you, how did you get to school? What was common, um, younger years, was bus. Bus would stop right in front of the house. In high school, we had early morning seminary. So 
so our dad would drive us. And then I bummed a ride from the church to the school because it was on, wasn't even related to property. Mm-hmm. The high school was quite far away. So I had a friend who had a car and I would just beg her for a ride every day. What time did you go? What time was early morning seminary for you guys? That's a great question. That's so long ago I don't remember if it would maybe have been seven or something like that. Okay. Know. And then, so how? So what was your, what year did you graduate? I graduated in 1967. Okay. And, you know, 67 is prime. Six. Our class was a prime class. <laughs> that's awesome. Prime number. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. A, that's about the biggest piece of math I took away from high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that down. Um, and how many how many kids did you graduate with? Your a couple hundred or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's not not like the big high schools in Boise and Meridian. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, so tell me a little bit about like. What were what were some of like the fads back then? What were some of the styles? Oh, here comes here comes Geneva for a hug, a hug and a kiss. The more dramatic style that I remember, or the waves from it, were in junior high, where short skirts and bouffant hairdos were the thing, and there was a rumor that the principal would make you kneel down and if your skirt didn't touch the floor, you'd have to go home and change it. Mm-hmm. And I think that literally happened to some. And there was a rumor that he'd put your head under the faucet and wet your hair down if your hair was too high. Now, I never knew that to happen. But <laughs> he never called me in. I was never going to be in a situation where I would need to go to the principal's office. <laughs> so, But we were still wearing skirts. You had to wear a skirt every day, which is a radical thought. I can't even believe that's true right now. So... Wearing skirts. And, well, hang on. Let's go back to this principal thing. So if your hair was too high, yeah, that was a that was an issue back then? That was the rumor. You know, there's probably a lot of rumors that were yeah. true. That yeah. was a junior high rumor that it was not okay to boof on your hair away. You had to rat your hair. <laughs> well, that's because my mom talked about that. They said they had huge hair. Yeah. She was up in Washington. Yeah. So, oh, that's funny. That's really interesting. What was, so what was your style? About the same as today. <laughs> <laughs> everything's been, everything stayed the same. Yeah, in college I wore a hair piece that I would pin onto my hair, which was, it was really fun and cute. Uh-huh. And stuff like that. I did that in college, but not in high school. Okay. But I would wear rollers every night because my hair was so greasy, I had to wash it every night and sleep on rollers. Every single night? Yes. Wow, what a commitment. I know, I know. Wow, that's crazy. Did your sisters do that as well? Did they all wear rollers too? I think so. Yeah, we had foam ones, but they didn't work good. They were mesh ones with plastic brushes inside. So you were sleeping on these plastic brushy feelings. Did you like wake up in the middle of the night and get like little little shots in your head from these things? <laughs> no, no, no. Back then, when I slept, I really slept. <laughs> but if I didn't, you know, if I didn't do my hair, it would just be totally flat because our family did not have good hair. It's like cotton candy, and you know, it's very fine and so not much body. So you had to use some Aquanet hairspray and rev it up. <laughs> so, so what were you into? as a high schooler what was your what was your thing because i don't know i I don't know if you what 
clubs you were in or anything back then? What did what were you involved in? Well, I was texting with my girlfriend two nights ago at midnight, mm-hmm. going, "Hey, let's rev up some memories." She goes, "Oh, well, remember we joined every club we could, so our names would be in the annual a lot." <laughs> <laughs> so we had, sometimes we call them annuals, sometimes we call them yearbooks. So anyway, that's what we're talking about. But my thing was vocal music. Okay. That was my growing spot and brought a lot of fun and challenge and that was a place where I felt like I had some skills and I got some amazing privileges and so you know there were the jocks and there was the corner gang that was smoking in junior high and all the all the little categories that happened but I just kind of hung out with some really good friends and it was it was good. So tell me a little bit about more about the vocal music. Are we talking about choir? Are we talking about plays? What are what exactly are we talking about? Yep, that's a whole spectrum. Um, as soon as there was a choir to be in, which is junior high, you know, a music class, I took that and um, really enjoyed it. And I'm just going to think of the Schroeder. I'm trying to think of the name of my teacher. Anyway, I loved her a lot. And so we get to sing, and then we do festivals in the spring, and so there's some of that. And then in junior high, I started getting into some groups where I was singing like a trio or a quartet. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Karma, my good buddy, her mom was involved in music in the ward, and she helped us as a foursome for youth women learn some songs. And so at that point, there was some competition in the stake and intrastake, and kind of up into past junior high into high school, we were doing some contests stakewide and, and got won some stuff and not stuff, but we won and then we got to move on to the next area, which you don't do that anymore. But in high school, they started designating choirs like first choir, second choir, and and I got to be in the second choir and I got to be in the madrigal, which we did a lot of acapella singing, and then was still doing the quartet kinds of things. Well, it's a quartet, but only three parts. We needed two sopranos <laughs> <laughs> to be strong enough. And I, I usually sing the lower alto part. And there was musicals. Um, we did Cinderella in junior high, and I was a bunny. <laughs> Those who don't have singing parts hop across the stage. <laughs> My mom sewed a very beautiful white flannel costume with a great hat with these great ears at the pink inside. <laughs> I was a cute I was a cute bunny. That's great. And as a junior, that was my most dramatic year in, in music because I got to be Elsa in the Sound of Music. And she actually has a couple of duets on stage and a few words and all of that. And that is was a huge opportunity, you know, all that rehearsal, you know, hard and fun and all that. But that was, I think, the year that Sound of Music came out, and you know, you have to pay for those rights. Wow. So yeah. I don't know how they did that, because I think that was really close to when the movie was new. Yeah. Which, that's probably the only movie I've watched, I mean, six times that year, and that yeah. where you paid to go see a movie. That was radical for my family. We didn't pay money for stuff like that, <laughs> but I managed to see that about six times during the year. So that was a amazing privilege and the year I was a senior we did the Mikado which most people haven't heard of it's a Gilbert and Sullivan and there was three little maids from school and I was one of the little maids and I got my hair in the right style and then sprayed it black 
<laughs> so by the end of the play, my little sweaty hairs would be, little red hairs would be wisping down around my face. <laughs> I had a really good costume. It was gorgeous colors and with the obi, I think is the thing that goes around your middle and the little mincing steps. So that was a real fun time for me to be able how, to be in the music. How fun. Okay, so you're part of that music and then you said that you had, you felt like you had really good friends. What were, what were some of the things that you guys used to go do for fun? Well, compared to what anybody would do now, <laughs> we had zero life. Because <laughs> starting from the home front, if anybody wanted to name strict parents in Caldwell, my parents were probably <laughs> number uno, numero uno on the list. I, I would believe that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so our life was you go to school and then you come home. Come right home. That's a direct quote from my mother. <laughs> you did not do anything, our family did not, and me, did not do anything on a school night unless it was young women's. Really? Really. You know, maybe rehearsal, but get right home. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if we did something, I have no idea when it was. There was some rehearsal time, like when I had voice lessons or something, I would walk home from Karma's house. She was in the neighborhood of when I took voice lessons at Wagner's. And so we would chat on the way. But I was thinking I don't remember us phone calling each other. And back then, if you're on the phone, no one else in the family is using it. Right. So I don't think we did anything. <laughs> was it back? What you didn't have party lines back then, right? You had individual Ours lines. Ours was not. Ours was an individual line. How long? How long ago was party lines? It was in my lifetime because my grandma had a party line. Okay. So it kind of depends on the community you were in. Mm -hmm. So Caldwell didn't have those. From my memory, maybe earlier, my earlier sisters, but okay. just. Yeah. So did you go to did you go to any dances then? Did you guys have any dances or social events like that? They had dances in junior high, and I probably went to one or two. Very uncomfortable. My persona was pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. With my with my familiar friends, I would laugh and be hearty and you know all that good stuff. But in a social setting, pretty quiet. So that wasn't much fun. But in high school, I would go to the proms. Usually I got asked to the prom. And, and so there's that. And then there was probably a monthly steak dance. And probably between 14 and 16 is when mm -hmm. I would go to those. And those were um, ranged from awful to okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much wallflower. <laughs> but one of the stories that I tell is when I turned 12 and got into Young Women's, I was so excited because I had all these four sisters, well, three sisters ahead of me that had done this, and I was so happy that I was going to get to dance and date, and I just couldn't hardly wait. And just before I turned 12, a letter came out from the general presidency, from first presidency, saying, don't start dancing until 14, and don't start dating till 16. Huh? I could not believe it. That was such a blow. It would be two years before I could go to a dance. It would be four years before I could date. And my mother had a great sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> I think she prayed that letter down. Because <laughs> at my house, you were not going to a dance till you turned 14. That's interesting that that was in, like, your teen, like, the that. Yeah, so if we want to figure you, that out. You hit that window where that just affected you. 61. Wow. That's probably when it came out. Because I didn't, as far as we know, like that's always been mm -hmm. a part of our lives. But you grew up with this expectation that you once I turned 12. You can thank me for that. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of, you know, bucking at the walls going, I cannot wait. But I had to wait two more years, which was forever when I was 12. So do you, do you remember your first date? Do you remember going on your first date? Do you remember anything like that? I think my first date was probably with Lynn Blaisdell. I think it was in the first, within the month. And then he and I dated off and on and steady for a bunch of high school and off and on, you know, whatever. So yeah, I think that was the first date. I think it was a double date to a drive-in movie, something like that. Cool. And tell me about, can you, do you have any memories of like your proms of like what you guys did, uh, what you wore, anything? Can you remember anything about those dances? I was thinking about that. Junior prom was kind of like the big deal because I wasn't an officer or anything, but the juniors helped decorate for it or something. But my thing that I remember was I had had some experience sewing. So I sewed my own dress and I still remember what it looks like, kind of some delustered satin, blue, kind of a sky blue with some cute little sleeves and I sewed that all myself. Wow. And I felt beautiful. Wow, that's very and cool. And the boy I dated told me I was beautiful. And <laughs> so that was my memory. My hair, I'd done my hair up and all this kind of stuff. So that was my memory is that I felt like a beautiful person. And we mostly spent time at the dance, probably a dinner and then dance. It wasn't like uh -huh. where you'd go and do the whole community and then take pictures to dance and go home. You know, so right. It's not kind of the tradition that's shifted over. So Right. Basically, it was like a privilege to get to go, and I like dancing, I love music, and so it was fun to dance. What kind of dances did you like doing? What were, well, what I were... love ballroom, because I had taken lessons as a young child okay. from Marie Christensen. <laughs> That's funny. And, who, and who's that? She was a mom in our ward, and she had a dance studio. And this was, well, maybe before junior high, when my mom signed me up, I think Angela too. And she had twin sons that would dance. She'd make them come to the class and she would say, Oh, Wayne and Blaine think you're such a good dancer. I go, You big liar. They've never said a word about me. <laughs> I don't believe you at all. But anyway, she taught us some basic uh, ballroom and then I just continued to learn. And so I'm a good dancer. That's cool. What What's your favorite dance to do? Anything cha cha, waltz, samba. You know, any kind of the ballroom stuff is just fun. So when's the last time you've been dancing ballroom? Oh, let's see. Probably with Dennis. Okay. He, he was a very good dancer, too. Okay. We were, we were great dancers together. And it's been a long time. Yeah. Bet you miss that. Yeah, that would be really fun to do. So tell me a little bit about, so when you're in high school, tell me a little bit about, like, your home life. And sort of like, what was the routine of the house and what were some of the things that were going on and what do you remember about that? Well, my normal was a very calm and predictable life, which is pretty cool. I, I, I am grateful. Um, you're expected to get up and get ready and be at the table in time for family prayer, which was early before the first person left. So it didn't matter if you're in early morning seminary or not. You gather for prayer. We kneel down for family prayer. And then we sit down and have the blessing on the food. And then you can eat. You can see the reflection of the lights coming for the people who are going to early morning seminary. When my sisters were older, we could see them in the ceiling. So then they had to get out of there. 
And there'd always be somebody left in the bathroom trying to get ready and they're trying to have prayer. And dad would say, come to breakfast. And the daughter would say, I'm coming. And he'd say, so is Christmas. <laughs> so anyway, so the routine was you have your two meals uh, together every time. You know, that was predictable. So you did breakfast um, every single dinner. morning yes. and dinner. Yes. That's amazing. It's amazing. Saturday, wow. we would get up and fix cold cereal. I don't think we were sitting together at that time. But anyway, yeah. And then dinner, and we worked dinner. Mom worked dinner around Dad's schedule. And that was our standard life, too. A busy man, and I knew no different. He was gathering eggs twice a day, milking twice a day, gathering eggs at a lot of hens, like five to 10,000, milking wow. a few cows, probably two to five. And we would use milk for our household and sell the rest to the dairy who would come by and pick it up. We'd buy milk and cheese from the dairy. And so we had fresh milk, fresh eggs. And, you know, mom did all the cooking. I don't think I helped much. Maybe the older kids did, but I didn't. And, but we had our chores of, you know, all the dishes, the dusting, and so chores on Saturday. And I learned some really bad habits about my chores. I would delay and delay thinking that, I don't know, they would go away. <laughs> It never happened. I just got really bad habits. <laughs> like if you get done, you can go to the movie. I never went to the movie. <laughs> that was very short-term thinking on my part. <laughs> but um, when we built the new house, the red brick one, I was mm. about five, and Angela and I had a bedroom together in a double bed there. And so, you know, we would... Uh, be bedroom roommates, and I don't remember us fighting a lot. I imagine there was some, but she and I got along pretty good. And so, you know, Dad would come and wake us up. We didn't have our own alarm clock. I trained my kids to wake themselves up, but he would wake us up, and and you had to be ready and get up there and get ready. And I don't know. So we did the those things in common: morning meal, evening meal, and get your homework done. And on Saturday do your chores and noon Saturday was either beans or stew that was common Sunday morning maybe we had cold cereal two mornings but you did not have cold cereal during the week so cream of wheat or you had oatmeal or you had egg um, juice milk toast a real breakfast wow <laughs> that's pretty cool that's a that brings some pretty neat imagery, I think, thinking about all you girls around the table with your parents. And homemade bread. To have a loaf of Eddie's bread was like cake. <laughs> we'd, peel, excuse me, we'd okay. peel off the, the crust of it and wad it up in our hand in a little ball and chew on it, and we loved it. <laughs> we didn't know we were so privileged to have homemade bread. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what were... Do you, can you remember like some of the major events that were going on in the world around the time that you're going to high school? Do you remember anything that was going on? And well, we just what this weekend passed the anniversary of walking on the moon, and I do not have a specific memory of anything other than looking at it later, probably because it was on Sunday, and we didn't have a TV, so <laughs> double double reason we're not going to see it. <laughs> So even if it's one of the most critical events of the world, that's well, not going to happen. if you don't have a TV, you don't watch it. Right. So I, I, it was pretty late in my life when we got one, but back up, uh, squirrel there. Um, 
I do remember when President Kennedy died. I was in junior high. It was during the lunch hour when somehow we got word. Well, okay, then let's let's talk about let's talk about movies. Let's talk about do you is sound of music really my, the only thing I didn't you remember? Get my chores done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, old yeller. We went to that as a family. Now that's unusual. It's but, a it's unusual that you went as a family. Yeah, well, it's unusual to go to the movie. Okay, it's unusual to go as a family. But I can see. I'm I'm being facetious now, but of course I'm crying when it's over. My dad's going, "What you crying for?" I'm like, well, let's not bring him. I didn't think of that then. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a good sympathetic party to bring That's, right. That's right, but I did remember watching that, and I was very stirred and sad. So, yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of movie stuff in my brain. That just was not important to me. And didn't seem like it was in part of the household either, right? Not... Well, nothing, no one was compelled about movies. Uh-huh. Now, Hertha was compelled about plays and she would read you know plays but you know well you don't go spend money unless you really need something and movies are not a need yeah now when we got a tv if we got our chores done and our hair done our baths done we could watch saturday night stuff which might be hawaii 50 seems like there was something else that was common on saturday night anyway do you guys have a record player in the house at all? Yes. That's where the TV was sitting on top of for President Kennedy. Okay. On top of the record. a real record player. And we yeah. had a few records that we would listen to over and over again. Rusty and Orchestraville. <laughs> you haven't heard all the instruments until you've heard Rusty from Orchestraville. We'll have to. That's really a cool one. <laughs> we'll, put it, we'll put it on this recording. <laughs> yes, that's right. And let's see. I don't. I'm not thinking of anything else that I listen to a lot. We had a little record of my Grandma Ison, Grandma Louie Ison, talking about my dad. That was kind of cool. Just a little record that was handmade in some studio. Tell me, um, so tell me a little bit. What kind of what kind of student were you? Um, I'd say about a five. I'm an okay student, and I could pull off A's and B's, sort of. Like a five out of what? what well, are, what I'm are we just saying, I, I, learning was not particularly easy for me. Mm -hmm. I was pretty good at reading. I figured that out pretty easily. Pretty good at English, pretty good at writing. Uh, not good at math. Science didn't make any sense to me at all. I still can't tell you how an airplane stays up. It was explained to me, and I go, I don't get it. <laughs> so, about... Uh, junior high, I was doing good enough at English kinds of things. They would put me in the advanced class, which is not like advanced class now, I don't think. But then it was like at the bottom of the pile, and you know things were over my head, and it was probably a poor choice, right? Because I was just struggling, and then I struggled in math. I got a D in one of my math quarters or whatever in junior high, and the teacher came all the way across the building one day and knelt down by my desk and said. Did you realize you're getting a math, a, a D in my class? <laughs> I was devastated because, of course, I was ignoring math, hoping it would go away. <laughs> it didn't. And I don't know, what class is theorems? When do you start studying theorems? Is that algebra? Yeah, it's probably, I don't know, 10th, 11th. 
I don't know. I'm not a math guy either. Well, so, I think this was or a I don't math know, person junior either. Junior high or high school. When I was in whatever class it was that had theorems in it, and they were so confusing to me that my logic was, man, just be patient till they're over with, and then kick it in. Well, that was the whole thing. Everything built on those. I was so in trouble. You just couldn't wait until theorems got over yeah, get that the unit. Part. And yeah. That's then, what the whole class then, was. Then maybe I could get it. Oh, no. And so I didn't get the theorems. I didn't get anything. I So I, I'm sure I struggled through it somehow. But uh, kids did not come to me if they needed help with math. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> I can proofread your paper and I can spell. <laughs> and I can write. <laughs> so what was your so what was your favorite class? What was your favorite? Something to do with the English or reading, something like that. They they really didn't have anything that was up my alley. <laughs> I had to wait. I had to wait to graduate school before I got classes I really enjoyed. You got into stuff that you really liked at that point. Yeah, yeah. I was just mugging my way through, and there was no inner sense that I can see in kids these days. Some of them of going, okay, let me direct where, what kind of classes I want in order to get what I want it to do and be. I mean, that's a wonderful, radical thought, maybe not so radical, but it was never entered my mind that I should be directing my education. I simply was trying to do what it would take to get me through. And the story I tell, and it was kind of typical of me of being led sisters went off to college, my turn to go to college, and they'd come home from their sign-ups at college, you know, when they were registering. It's actually a day where you went in a building and you picked cards to go to the classes you want. No computer. And so I was getting ready, went to Rick's. Dad said, don't even bother trying to figure out what classes you're going to take. Your sisters always had to go change their classes anyway. Well, that sounded good to me. I didn't like planning like that anyway, so I didn't give a thought what I would take and I walked in there and you have to get in a line for every class to get a card and first I had to figure out what I was going to do it took me six hours that day and two hours the next day to register for my semester and my dad was so wrong he wasn't wrong very often <laughs> that was bad advice <laughs> that would have been stressful crazy yeah pretty much almost tearful like oh my goodness I'm not sure I can get through this so I never took that advice again but thank goodness that has changed for our kids who are in college. They can think online and be done. They can register in walk like in the 10 gym minutes. and get in line for any class you want. If you get to the head of the line and there's no cards left in their little drawer, they have a card per child that's going to mm -hmm. be in the class, you have to go get another line. Wow. There's no way to anticipate if this class is full until they stick up a sign, full Go get so line. how long would you be in line before they'd fill up like 10 minutes 15 minutes it depended on the class okay because you know, some of the classes were big you know the big slanted floor things where they've got a couple hundred and some of them were smaller like 40 or 50 and somebody as well unconscious as I had no clue what classes were big and what classes were small so I was walking blind and you were just and you were just by yourself doing oh, yeah. this. Da, 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 da. Oh my gosh! What a... No, no umbrella thought about you know. Here's what I really need. Anyway, so what a that grow, was not growing a very fun up. Day. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and and I own it. I mean, like it was my lack of preparation that made it longer. 
If yeah. I at least had a starting list, I wouldn't have been meandering as much. So wow, not a good idea. Wow, can you so can you think of any times? Did you have any um, sad experiences in high school? Anything that sticks with you that was like, I remember this time and it was pretty sad. This happened. Anything that comes to mind like that? Three different deaths come to mind. Johnny Towery had been the lead in Promise Valley in our ward. Promise Valley was a church musical production and he was the father and we were all kind of in love with him because he did such a good job. And then some months after that, and this connects in my mind too, he was playing basketball on Sunday, had a heart attack and died. And in my mind, I'm going, I'm really sad about that, but I wish he hadn't been playing basketball on Sunday. And I guess it was a heart condition that no one was aware of. So that was incredibly sad. And I remember getting out of junior high and going across the street to the church to that funeral and just being touched and his mother never emotionally recovered from that. That seemed really sad. And then a couple who owned the orchard in our stake, the last name was Davis, and a group of uh, youth, this is when I was quite young, were coming home, I believe, from a stake dance, a carload of kids. Two of them were walkers, and those families had six, eight, 10, 12 kids. The Williams had one kid. A drunk driver hit them and killed the girl who was an only child. Wow. And I thought that was so incredibly sad. They had no children left. This wonderful, wonderful couple and their stalwart, they stayed stalwart all their lives and were good friends with mom and dad. And I remember going to that funeral and the innocent faith inside of me thought, if I had enough faith to kiss her, I think she could come back to life again. Well, I did not have enough faith to do that. <laughs> sort of glad. <laughs> but that was the thought in my mind of going, how could I restore, you know, sad about that. And the other incident was, I think I was in junior high, and this was really random, a family traveling through our valley had a crash. Nobody, nobody knew them. I don't even know if they're LDS. I don't know. Maybe so. The mother was killed. And a little boy named Joey was a toddler. The dad was injured and Joey was fine. And so for some reason, I don't know how it got connected, Joey came to our house for one or two nights for us to take care of him. And then a day or so later, his dad with his dark glasses on came to get him and continue on to wherever their home was. And they had lost their mom. And that touched me. Yeah. So let's shift gears here a little bit. Um, do you have, do you, do you have any times you remember anything that was embarrassing? Did you have any embarrassing moments, any times where something happened and you're really embarrassed about something you did or something that happened to you? Yeah, I remember one. Mom and dad, you know, we were not a vacation family. You milk cows twice a day, you gather eggs twice a day, you don't really go anywhere. But twice a year they would get in the car and go to conference. And they would hire some young couple or something to come watch out for the kids and to gather the eggs and stuff. And there's probably usually a crisis because they didn't take care of things as good as dad did. But one time 
one of the Stevens boys from Middleton, he and his wife, probably Addie, I don't remember. Anyway, they were a young couple. I don't know if they even had kids yet. They were our caretakers while they were gone. And I'm sure they were very fine and did just what we needed. And they were getting ready to leave and left the household. And as a young person, I turned to my parents or my sisters or something and said, he is the hairiest man I've ever seen. Because <laughs> he had hair that bounced out of his shirt, you know. I had never seen something like that before. And then I heard the utility door close. <laughs> so I'm going, oh, he heard me say that. I was embarrassed for years. <laughs> I probably was the truth, but I didn't need to say it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, do you have any <clears throat> Do you have any memories uh, that you can think of where something happened and it was just like you're so happy about it? You're so happy about an event that happened or something that happened to you, and or a period of time where you just remember it being such a happy memory in your life. Well, I have reflecting. I have a lot of. Um, vivid memories from the two summers that I spent some time on the ranches in Wyoming with Aunt Loma and Uncle Grayson. Those are my most vivid childhood memories, maybe because I was out of my routine or maybe because Aunt Loma gave me attention or something. I'm not sure what that was. So I have memories there that are precious to me and a nice relationship with her and Uncle Grayson. And the most potent one, well, all those little memories are kind of significant to me. But the other one that I've told all my kids about this, so it's common. Um, I was baby crazy from the time I was an infant. I love dolls. I love paper dolls. I used to stand at the elbow of women after church who had babies, trying to see if they would see the longing in my eyes and let me hold a baby. I never had the courage or the initiative to go, may I hold your baby? But if they would ask, I would be first in line. So I love babies, and I thought we should have another baby. Um, my little sister, four years younger than me, she's not a baby anymore. And I wondered, well, maybe I could have one. I didn't know how babies got there. But I thought, I don't know. I don't think I know how to take care of a baby of my own. Didn't know how, you know, I didn't know anything about that. So I started praying. But praying my mom could have a baby, that we could have another baby. When I pray, days and days and weeks. I prayed for a year. I prayed for my mom to have a baby. And I thought that would be the coolest thing in the world because I could hold it and I could just take care of it totally. So the summer that Angela and I were together, I think I was nine, and we spent probably six weeks, I don't know how long, at Aunt Loma's helping, supposedly, because she had ranchers to cook for and all the stuff we got to do there. And Mom and Dad came and picked us up. And I was standing on the concrete step, I remember this, and they pulled up in their whatever car it was, and he opened the door for her, and she stepped out, and she was wearing a smock. And in the language of the day, that is a pregnant top. She didn't need it yet, but she was announcing to us. And my dad came over on the inside my left ear and said, your mama's gonna have a baby. So I went, oh, I cannot believe it, this is so cool. 
<laughs> and so that was summer, and Kristen was born in March, March 11th. And so... So March 11th, what year? She was born in 59. Okay. So she's 10 years younger than I am. And I'm sure I promised to do everything and probably did very little. But <laughs> loved her and helped her. And years later, I told my mom that I'd been praying for a year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I was so thrilled and was happy that he said yes. <laughs> That's neat. Um, let's see. Oh, I was going to ask you, did you get into... Did you get into any mischief? Did you do any pranks? Do you remember times when you got into trouble? Um, do you, can you think of anything, any experiences like that? I remember one time, this will give you a clue about how standard our life is. I did not ask my mother to go to the neighbors. I just went. I went over to play at George Grant's house, which is kitty corner and just a little bit down. And, and how old were you when you did this? Uh, I'd be guessing five-ish. Okay. Kind of young. Okay. Kind of young. Maybe maybe even younger. And so I'm sure I turned my mind off going, I'll just pretend like I asked. I'll just go and enjoy myself. Well, my mom marched over to come and get me. Don't know how long I'd been there. And we started marching home together. And she said, go get me a branch off that tree. I said, Why? She reached down and popped me on the bum, <laughs> and I ran crying home. <laughs> so, yeah, I was naughty. That is interesting, thinking of your mom doing that. I could see your dad doing that. He, so. he never disciplined us so, at all. So, mom she, was, so she was, was the, the disciplinary in yes, the house? Yes. That's totally not what I would have expected. But I guess, I mean, I've joined the family so late that... I, I don't have this perspective. And that would be a look from her, and I am ashamed of you. <laughs> or, you know, it would be a look and a little lecture, you know. that's her. That was her way. Very few times would she pop us on the bum or something. That would be unusual. But, you know, I tried not to be in that, <laughs> that zone. Yeah, for sure. I bet you didn't go to the neighbors again without asking. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, okay, I didn't like how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there, were there any memories that got brought up while you were thinking about this that I haven't asked you about or anything that you wanted to, any stories or anything you wanted to share that we haven't, that you feel like we haven't, that we haven't covered? And you don't have, there doesn't have to be anything. I was just, just want to give you the opportunity. Um... I, I just appreciate the sturdiness in the gospel that my parents walked that path. And, you know, I always knew where they stood on gospel or any kind of moral issue. And, and they were kind to others. You know, they, even in their 70s and 80s, they went and visited, kind of visit the aged. <laughs> you go, you are. <laughs> they go visit David. Anyway, I appreciate that sturdiness about them. And that, that's significant to the roots that I have. Um, one of the things, separate, separate, not even connected, one of the privileges from high school was getting chosen to go to Girl State. 
like four girls out of the high school got to go the summer they were juniors to sit in the legislative chairs and pretend they were legislature and do elections and all that stuff. And three of us in our ward got chosen and then another good friend. And the thing we laugh about, Karma and I laugh about, is um, someone I got acquainted with. At that time I was going steady with this guy. And I had his picture at the head of my bed and like, can we even go a week without seeing each other, la la la. And I met this really nice gal from Meridian and, you know, I'm sure I talked about this person I like, blah, blah, blah. Well, she ended up marrying him, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And then when Dennis and I first married, he moved into the ward and made him, made that guy really uncomfortable. <laughs> but I still, like last January, I ran into Lana and she was my kids' young women's president there, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. Anyway, I love her and I enjoy talking to her. And so that's really fun. To have that weird connection that, uh, that is a funny connection. when I'm in high school here, you take his picture, you need it later. <laughs> you need it more than I do. <laughs> but um, I guess what do I, let me just talk about anything I appreciate. I, I appreciate that my parents, even though we didn't go visit our family very often, that I got the feeling how significant family is. Mom was a steady letter writer. She wrote to her mom. When we were at college, she wrote to us, you get at that. You write, you don't call. I wrote home once a week from college. They got a letter from me every week. <laughs> and that's good training, you know, I'm a good writer. So, and I knew they loved me. You know, it wasn't effusive. They didn't really talk about it much, but that's something that is in my DNA that my parents love me and they love their family. And mom was a good promoter of gatherings. You know, let's get together and keep those relationships going. So I appreciate that about her. That's part of my heritage that I would like to carry on. Um, so if you have, if any of your future grandchildren or really anybody who listens to this that they're going to high school, what advice would you give them? Be a good friend to somebody, you know, Pray for a good friend. I think you only need one or a few. And whether or not the in crowd thinks you're cool, it's not going to matter in five years. If you can just develop a relationship with somebody that is of your standards and you can have a good time together, it's enough. That and figure out a way to grow some of your talents while you're there. Great. Thanks, Mom. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, Uncle Josh, when is the end of this thing? It's coming. Yeah, well, so is Christmas. Oh, you got the Grandpa Ison jokes in you, huh? Uh, do you want to hear another one? Sure. This is one of Grandpa Ison's favorites. Grandpa Ison used to tell this story all the time. One day, he went over to his neighbor's house. The neighbor was milking his cow, and there were a bunch of cats gathered around, and the neighbor said, Hey, Joe, these cats are Democrats. And Grandpa Ison said, What do you mean? And his neighbor said, See how they just sit there? They don't even work, and they want me to spray milk straight in their mouth. Just like I said, Joe, Democrats. Hey, everybody, this is Trace, and I hope everyone's doing great out there. And I'm about to have a killer senior year. This year, look for me on the roads as I cruise around the Meridian area. I'll also be crushing it on the Rocky Mountain swim team. Grandma, you're amazing. You're our hero. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next time. Okay, so there's just 
one last piece I'm going to add on to the very end of this. Uh, Mom talked about orc er, talked about Rusty in Orchestraville, and here's about four minutes of that. So uh, just remember, this was a record that they used to play. It's funny she still remembers it, so pretty memorable. So it's just four minutes. Enjoy. Once there was a little fellow named Rusty, just about your age. His mother wanted him to be a musician, and once a week she would take him to Miss Spear, the piano teacher, to study. Every day at home, Rusty would have to sit up at the piano and practice the scales. After a while, Rusty grew very tired of playing the same thing over and over again until one day. Scales! They're no fun. If I could play a real piece, maybe, but just plain old scales. I don't think I like this old piano anyway. Mom isn't home, so I'll just sit in this big old chair. She'll think I've been practicing all the time. Anyway, I'm sleepy. I can have a good rest. <sighs> this is more like it. Ah. Rusty, Rusty, wake up. What? Well, where am I? You're in Orchestraville. Orchestraville? Where's that? Orchestraville is where all the instruments live. The violins, trumpets, drums, all the musical instruments, even your friend the piano. The piano is no friend of mine. I don't like the piano. Oh, I wouldn't say that, Rusty. After all, some of my best friends are pianos. Who are you anyway? I'm the conductor of Orchestraville. I rule over all the instruments. Would you like to meet some of them? I, I, I want to go home. Oh, come now, Rusty. All the instruments like to have visitors, and we'll be glad to meet you. Except maybe Peter the piano. You haven't said very nice things about him, you know. Ah, uh, what do instruments know anyway? They can't talk or say anything. I wouldn't be too sure of that, Rusty. Look. Here comes Vera the violin. Why don't you say hello to her and see whether she can talk or not? Uh, uh, hello, Miss Violin. Why, you can really talk. Violin makes a mind kill the Why don't you play something with Vera, Rusty? But I can't play the violin. Oh, yes, you can. You see, any little boy who is lucky enough to get into Orchestraville can play any instrument he wants. Go ahead, Rusty. Put the violin under your chin and try. Well, I'll try, but... I can. I can play the violin. Yes, Rusty. See if you can play Zagoyna Weissen by Sarasati. Oh, 